step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and chief executive resolutionist, Normie Avasca Scales, at your disposal. foundation of success and life is good. That is a substratum fortune. It is also the basis of happiness. A person cannot accumulate a fortune very well if he is sick, according to P.T. Barnum. Welcome back yet again, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to collectively delve into another riveting broadcast. Epiphanies, manifestations, revelations, betrayal, solitude, Isolation, heartache, fear, astonishment, perseverance, and success are merely a few terms to describe the dialogue embodying the anecdotes proclaimed between our featured guests, Dave Hatwood and I, this episode, ladies and gentlemen. The esteemed David Hatwood indeed joins us to enlighten us of his abrupt and arduous journey amid his expedition to transcend the clutches of cancer, thereby seizing his net worth, and health. So brace yourselves as you bear witness to Dave's authentic testimony, encompassing the avenue comprised of his personal trials, feats, and ultimate triumph, mind, body, and spiritual recalibration. In retrospect, I ponder personal turbulence, yielded from an unduly demanding sequence of events. Now, comparable to others, I'm no stranger to challenging events, not exempt from adversity by any stretch of the imagination. However, the chain reaction of painstaking activities was so abominable that it short-circuited my health, precisely. The sound degree of wellness I prided myself upon had abruptly spiraled, plummeted, nosedived, most importantly, for the first time in excess of 40 consecutive years, the shadow of doubt tainted my consciousness and fear consumed me. Nevertheless, the terrifying notion of death clouded my mind to such an extent that I became apprehensive about sleeping, void of waking. Physical warning signs alerted me that I was conclusively on my way out, per se. The sheer thought of expiring and leaving my only surviving son, Maximo, my minor child, parentless, 
labored as a catalyst for fast-tracking fast back to my optimal health. The campaign and saga for recalibrating my wellness, in other words, my net worth and health, aggressively continues. Now, I'd like for you to rate yourselves in exchange by virtue of honestly and earnestly assessing your net worth and wellness. Bear in mind that he who has health has hope. He who has hope has everything, per the Arabian proverb. So prior to commencing the dialogue with our special guest this evening, please allow me to briefly segue by virtue of my original prose poem for your aesthetic pleasure, titled, Dreams Undeferred, Prophecy Fulfilled. I'm dedicating this to Dave Hatwood and fellow dreamers worldwide. No. Nine. Niet. Ne. Non. Are but a few ways they plagued me with the decline. Yet I summoned, siphoned the remnants of my battered and weathered spirit, compounded my, by the insult, amplified with the injury spawned by old man winter, inducing the ill harmonic song of a snarling arctic wind, pummeling my ears, devouring my naked hands, desperately seeking, searching, yearning for the summer solstice to thaw and melt my frigid disposition. My effervescent fervor, energy waning, I harnessed the nerve to genuflect, casting an upward gaze, devotedly paying homage to Father, hovering above, within, and below. Despite the painstaking shrills of the faithless, uttering the mantra of my projected defeat yielded by the campaign fostered by my audacity to dream. However, I re-entered the ring, the arena, disrobing, discarding, the tattered cloak saturated, drenched, stained with saline tears shed by virtue of ritually petitioning for welcome redemption. Suddenly, the sun fiercely pierces billowing clouds, illuminating, igniting my faltering hope, annihilating, consuming, taking precedence over the stench of failure, evoking the score, welcome redemption, alas. Now, without further ado, I introduce to you the resilient and titanium Dave Hatwood. Welcome to the Recalibrating the Scales radio show, Dave. How are you this evening? I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, Excellent. I'm kind of nervous, so I might sound like I have my voice might be kind of shaky. But you guys have to excuse me. I never really did excuse me before. So. Yeah. Oh, it's just a just it's just a conversation between us two friends. <laughs> okay, no problem. No problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So no worries um, at all. Yeah. Um, where do I start? Can you, well, can you share with Pardon? our listeners a bit about about if you can share with our listeners a bit about you and your transformational journey? All right. First of all, I will start. I can start by saying we are living in the time and age of what I call the awakening, and slowly but surely, people are starting to wake up, and their eyes are starting to open and realize that we are not just flesh and bone. We are not just physical, a physical machine. We are 
powerful spiritual creatures. We all are connected and a part of the universe matter. It is said that God created the heavens and the earth, and we are made in the image and likeness of him. We are his sons and daughters, and as his son, Jesus Christ was also. And so once again, I like to say we are powerful creatures, and we have the power to create life. We have the power to manifest things into existence. And people are starting to wake up and learn about the spiritual possibilities that can manifest things into our physical life. And we have the power to create our own destiny. We have the power to heal ourselves. We have the power to have perfect health. We have the power to do many things except physically live forever on this earth. And the greatest power that we have is the power of our mind and heart or spirit. So now there was a successful there was a successful journey that I went through the last eight months of last year. When I was diagnosed with stage four head and neck cancer that had spread it to my brain cell. And my um original doctors only gave me like a forty percent chance of making it through. And when I was in the doctor's office and they told me that I was out and when they told me that I was devastated and it seemed like I was in a dream, a nightmare. I thought my life was over and I was gonna die and I was thinking to myself, why me? And that this is the worst thing that could have happened to me. So I went through the next couple of weeks feeling all depressed and miserable, feeling like it's over. But then I started praying and meditating. I started doing research and listening to inspirational speakers like Dr. Sibby, uh, Bruce Lipton, Joe Dispenza, Tony Roberts, Oprah Winfrey, of course, and Greg Braden. And I started learning things, and then I realized that this was my awakening and that this is not the worst thing that happened to me, but this is probably one of the best things that happened to me. So, all right, let me backtrack. Now, let me tell you guys how I found out I had um, stage four cancer. Um, for a um, year before last, for like months, I was I kept getting migraines, headache, migraine headaches, and ear infections. And I would, kept going back to the doctor uh, for my ear infections, and they would give me like um, different medicines to put in my ear and said I was going to be okay. So I took the medicine, and then it kind of cleared up. Then like a month or two later, the ear infection would come back again. So the third time I got the ear infection, I went to the doctor, and she was like, something is going on with you. And I was like, yes, of course, there's something going on with me. I keep getting these ear infections. Somebody tell me something. So she got a long tube, and she just stuck it up my nose. <laughs> and I kind of heard it, but she kind of stuck it up my nose. And she was looking around. She's like, oh, and I was like, oh, what? And she's like, um, you have a, I think she called a cyst or something like that, or whatever it was. Um, 
in in your nose. Okay, that's like what's okay, what's that? He's like it's it's a tumor. And I was like, okay, so you guys can operate and take it out. She's like, I I uh, she's like I don't know. So she was saying, I'm gonna have to reschedule you for an appointment so we can do a biopsy so we can get a piece of the tissue so we can see if it's cancerous. So when she said that, my heart just dropped. And I was like, cancer? What do you mean cancer? Not me? Oh, no. And so um, the next week I came back and um, they took the biopsy and um, I got the results a few days later, later and they called me back in. And she was speaking to me, she was like, Dave, I'm sorry to inform you that this this tumor is, is cancerous. And when she told me that, my heart dropped. I was like, my life was over. So um, she, said, she was like, well, don't worry. I think we caught it early. So I would say it's probably like at a stage two. So we should be able to get rid of it, cure it. So that did make me feel a little bit better, but still hearing the word that she had cancer. It's like, oh, my God, like a death sentence. So you scheduled me for another um, appointment that I take a, uh, I think it was a CT scan and a couple other scans to scan my whole body to see what was going on. So I came back and took the scan. And then a few days later, I came back about the hospital again to get the results. And it's like, Dave, um, the tumor, with the results of the scan that came back, it seems like the tumor is aggressive more than what we thought it was. And they said the tumor isn't just at one place, it's spreading. So I guess they said what is called metastasize or something like that. But it said it's spreading to like my brain stem. When they told me that, I was like, oh my God, I just wanted to thank. So I was like, so what did this mean? What do you, what do you, what, what, what's going to happen now? He was like, well, we really don't know. Um, it's just further than what we thought. And so I was like, what What are my chances? What do you think? Like, and they, he was like, well, we would give, give you like a 40% chance of making it. And that just that just tore my heart out. I mean, I, was, I thought it was over there. So um, I went back home, called my mom crying, and, Talking to everyone, everybody's calling me. It's like um, crying and like, Dave, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Just, just pray and it's going to be okay. So um, one night um, I was watching TV um, and all of a sudden my hearing just went out. I couldn't hear anything. And I just jumped up, knocked the bed, and just started screaming and crying. And I was like, what's going on? What's wrong with me? And I started having a panic attack. I mean, I wouldn't wish a panic attack on any anybody in the world because the panic attacks, oh, my God, that's the worst thing in the world. So I started having a panic attack. I ran and jumped in my car, and I went, uh, went to the hospital. And all I could feel like is like I was dying, like right then and there. I mean, that's how I felt like I was dying. It's the worst feeling in the world. So I was going crazy, and the people at the hospital was looking at me like I was crazy because I was running and screaming and uh, doing everything. And doctors grabbing me, trying to hold me down. It's like, what's wrong? It's like, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm dying right now. I'm about to die. I'm about to die. And that's all I was saying. It's like, I'm about to die. Please help me. And, like, I really thought I was dying right then and there. And for a week straight, like, um, 
two or three times a day, I was having these panic attacks, attacks nonstop, and it was really getting to me. And no exaggeration, I was going to the hospital twice a day, and I was going so much that they was getting tired of me, so I would just go to different hospitals, hoping that somebody can do something different with these uh, panic attacks. Mm-hmm. So I called, I called a friend of mine. I called her my angel on earth. Her name is Sika James. Um, and I was crying on the phone. She was like, Dave, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm having these panic attacks. And I, I feel like I'm going to die. And she's like, okay, Dave, you know what? I'm just going to fly you here tomorrow, and I'm, we're going to take care of it. So um, the next day, um, I got on a flight and I flew to Kentucky, and she came and picked me up. And the first thing um, she did was just started talking to me. And so she's like, Dave, you're going to be all right. You're going to take care of this. So I was, we started praying together, and she showed me how to meditate. And so um, I was there for like three days, I think it was. So we were like praying and meditating every day. And she was introducing me to like different inspirational speakers, like I said, like Tony Roberts, uh, Greg Brayton, uh, the others. So I was learning a lot from her spiritually. And I remember one day, we was, it was like the second day, we were driving um, and felt myself having a panic attack. Oh, let me back up. Okay. Uh, we, went, well, we went to a concert. She was trying to, like, cheer me up. So we went to this little musical concert outside. And I was listening to it. And then I was still having problems with my hearing. So it was really bothering me. So it was right in the middle of the concert. I just started crying and jumped up. It's like, I got to go. I got to go. I can't do this. And so I was having another panic attack then. And it was just it was just so much. But on our way driving back, she was like, Dave, we, we've been praying and meditating. And you can get a hold of yourself. I mean, you, you're in control of yourself, your own body. And I was like, I know. And as the pan- a panic attack was coming, I just said to myself, no more, no more. I said it like four times. And right then, at that very moment, it just stopped. And I've never had any panic attacks since then. So, I mean, that boosted my spirit. I I mean, I started believing in myself. I started believing in the spirit. And I started believing in the power of I am. I mean, I I am, that's that's a a powerful thing. And so after that, um, like I said, the, power, the panic attack stopped. And um, like a day later, I thanked her and I got back on the plane and came back here. So um, like a few weeks after that, I was starting my chemo. And I went through like four weeks of chemo and eight weeks of um, chemo and radiation. So a week on, a week off. So it was, it was like a few months I was going through this. So I was building my confidence up, and I was meditating and praying every day, all day. I never prayed so much in my life, but it helped me and boosted my confidence and my beliefs. So I went to the hospital, and they took me up to the IV and all this other kind of stuff, and I started my treatment. Um, it, it, was, it was rough. Um, with the chemo, I, I was that gets me sick or with the side effects and I was like calling different people and 
before I even started the chemo, people were saying, "Babe, you shouldn't do the chemo. This, this, it's, it's going to kill you, and this and that." And uh, I have other remedies. We just take this, take these herbs, and this and that. And actually, I was going to do that, but with the doctor saying that I was in stage four cancer, with the final stage, I really didn't time have time to experiment because I was in my last stage of cancer. So. I was like, I really wanted to do that, but I couldn't because I was at my last day. So we started the chemo, and for um, um, like six weeks, well, three weeks on, three weeks off, I was going through a, a, a lot of sickness, and it just had me feeling terrible. But I was still trying to fight it. I was still being positive. I mean, the doctors was saying I was crazy because I would ride my bike um, the hospital to go get my chemo treatment and I would come back. And it's like, oh, wow, you rode your bike up here? And I was like, yes, I got I can't just let this get to me. I got to stay positive. I got to exercise. I got to eat right. I got to have this um, proper proper nutrition to, to, to fight this because the body can heal itself. I mean, as long as you put the proper stuff, the, good, the right things in your body, um, the proper nutrition, and the body can heal itself. And I, by listening to Dr. Sidney with the alkaline body and stuff like this, I truly believe that. And you are what you believe you are. So I knew I was going to be okay. I knew I was going to be able to heal myself. So I used to ride my bike to the um, hospital to get my treatments done. And one day I, I was bored. It was late at night. I couldn't sleep. So it was like about 11 o'clock at night. And I just I hopped on my just like, let me go ride my bike. So I just jumped, jumped on my bike, and I rode my bike from Chicago south side all the way to the north side and back. So I rode my bike for like 25 miles, 25 miles, mm-hmm. and I made it back. And that I felt good and wow. And I mean, riding my bike, it was like, it really helped me out a lot because I was meditating and thinking about a lot of things and praying and stuff while I was riding my bike, so that really helped me out a lot. But anyway, after I finished my first session, my first chemo session, the, the doctors were amazed. So they was um, they did um, they said that the first the chemo sessions were just supposed to shrink the tumor down a little bit, but they were amazed because. When after they did the scans, they was like, wow, they, God must be on your side. And I was like, why do you say that? It's like, we can't believe how much the tumors, your tumors have shrunk. And I was like, I told you I was going to be okay. I told you I was going to be okay. All I had to do was have faith and believe. Then I was juicing. And like I said, I was listening to Dr. Sebi, how he was, then he was able to cure all diseases and saying that no disease can live in an alkaline body and this and that. So I was drinking alkaline water, drinking fresh fruits and vegetables. So um, nutrition, man, nutrition is very important to your to your health. I can't say that too many times. I mean, nutrition is very important. I mean, you eat to live, not live to eat. So it is very important. So I was eating all the right foods, um, taking alkaline water, alkaline pills, all this stuff to try to, to try to fight this. So along with that, I was meditating I was meditating and and praying and believing and believing and I am. So 
So when I actually made this four hour long meditation CD where um, I would I made my own music. I had a production studio, so I made my own music and I was saying different chants like I am successful, I am in perfect health, I am love, I am this, I am that. And I made a prayer. And so I would listen to that riff about three times a day and, and meditate and pray and that helped me out a lot. So after the, after those few weeks, I knew I was okay. And the doctors were, like I said, the doctors were amazed at, at how the tumor shrank. I mean, it wasn't gone all the way, but it had shrank so much. And they like, wow, we've never seen it shrink so much. So my next, the next part of the uh, therapy was the chemo and radiation. So he was like, Dave, um, now you just, you're up to, you're about to hit the, rough patch now where you're going through chemo and radiation. And it was letting me know that uh, I was going to be in a lot of pain with sores in my mouth, sores in my throat, uh, my skin, and this and that, because the radiation, you say the radiation, the radiation is like it fries your skin, and actually it really fried my skin. I mean, I, it, I had sores everywhere, and my skin was peeling and this and that. And I couldn't, I had sores in my throat and my mouth, and I couldn't talk for a while. I couldn't eat or drink, so they had to put a food feeding tube so, um, it was It was real bad. I'm not going to lie, it was a tough journey. It was it was a struggle. And um, actually, a couple of times, a couple of times, I actually said, I can't take this pain or I want to die. And I remember I, I had called my aunt one day, and I was crying to her, it's like, Auntie. I'm tired. I can't take this anymore. I just want to die. And she flew in the next day. She's a Buddhist. And she started praying for me and this and that. And she's like, good day. If that's what you want to do, I'm going to get, try to give you a peaceful, I'm going to put you at peace and give you a peaceful transition. So she came and prayed for me and this and that. And while she was praying, I guess I changed my mind. I was like, I changed my mind. I don't want to die now. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't want to die now. So uh, everything was cool with that, but I was going through so much pain with this. Like I said, I couldn't talk or I could barely talk or eat or anything because I had sores in my mouth and throat. I had I made a post up on Facebook one day, and the response was so overwhelming. I had thousands of people that responded to my response. I guess they had shared it, and it had went viral. People was praying for me and this and that. The people, I had like a thousand friends that I knew, but the other half that was responding, I, I didn't know. I mean, from all over the world, Africa, Uganda, Gambia, um, Britain, England, every, everywhere. And it was just responding. Saying, we love you, we're praying for we're here for you. And just from that love, I mean, love heals, stress kills. And from that love, that feeling of love that everybody gave me, it was overwhelming. That made me feel so much better. I mean, I don't think I would be here if it wasn't for the prayers and the support that I had from my family and friends and people on, on from Facebook and that's honest to God's truth. And so I had that, and it was just overwhelming. Um, like I said, one day, one of the African people that responded, he was a guy, he was an evangelist. He called me on Facebook. And um, I couldn't I couldn't answer because I couldn't talk. But I texted him back and said, I can't talk. Um, then he mm-hmm. texted me back and said, I don't need you to talk. 
just listen to me. Let me pray for you, and I will heal you. Yeah. That's like, okay, no problem. No problem. So he called me back, and he's like, Dave, are you there? And that mom's like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I'm about to start praying for you. Well, he prayed hard for like about five minutes. And after he got finished praying, he's like, Dave, um, how you feel? Are your sores in your mouth gone? And I, and I opened my mouth, and I started to talk, and I was like, wow. That's all I can say. It's like, wow. The sores are gone. I mean, in real time, as he was praying for me, the, he, I was actually being healed. So yeah. he's like, are you still having pain? I was like, I was like man, the sores in my mouth are gone. He said, like, what about your throat? I was like, I still have problems in my throat. He's like, give me another few minutes. Let me pray for you again. Oh, he's down mm-hmm. praying, praying again. Whatever you were saying. So he started praying for me again. And then, uh, then he asked, he's like, right, they started to talk. And he, yeah. he uh, started talking, and he's like, Dave, how you feel? It's like, man, I, I, I feel good. So and that was my experience of of the first miracle that I ever had, and that really made me believe. The first time somebody like really prayed for me in real time, and it was, I was being healed as this guy was praying for me. So that was, well, oh, that Dave? Was awesome. Yes. I'm sorry. I said I tried so said I didn't want to interrupt because it was such a moving story, and I applaud you for your, your courage. <laughs> okay. You are a Titanic. Is that time up? It's it's getting down to the wire now, but I want oh, you to wow. stand by very briefly, okay. very briefly, seconds we have remaining, share with our listeners how they can contact you. Okay. Um, well, you said um, people they can contact me, you say? Okay. Yeah, I have about 10 seconds. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, yeah, you can com- contact me on Facebook, um, DJ King Dave Hatwood, Hatwood, H A T. W O O D. Reach me on Facebook. With the link up that way. I mean, so many people are contacting me that that have that have cancer. Just found out they have cancer. And they wanted to know the journey and what I went through and how did I overcome it. So you can reach me that way on Facebook. Thank you so much. Stand by, please. I'd like to extend my utmost gratitude and a sincere appreciation to Dave Hatwood for his courageous, riveting story carving out his time, priceless energy, space, and so forth, coupled with his thoughts and wisdom, this episode. Moreover, I thank my behind-the-scenes team, Bradley, for your unwavering loyalty and support, as always, coupled with the unscathed listenership of all you magnifying listeners spanning the globe. This radio platform rests upon your broad shoulders. Therefore, I humbly implore your continued listenership, as always. Until the next episode... This is Normia Vasquez-Scale, signing off.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.